Father in heaven, we're so grateful to you for blessing us that we could be in your house in this day. Lord, we're thankful for the, the warmth of fellowship that we could experience as we come in the doors. And as we look forward now to some instruction from your word, Lord, we pray that your spirit would speak to us, give us clear minds and hearts for the message that we each need to receive. Lord, be with those who can't be with us in this day, those that are struggling with ailments of the flesh and recoveries and, and all the things that this life here um, throws at us. Lord, pray that you would encourage them, give them inspiration in this day, Lord, and give them a keen awareness of thy love for them and ours as well. Lord, now as we would look into your word, pray that you would give us direction from it and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I ask you to turn with me to the second epistle of Peter, chapter 1. Second Peter, chapter 1. Not that this is important, but while you're looking for that, uh, this is unique for me today. This is the first time I've ever used the pulpit Bible up here. I forgot my Bible at home. And I didn't want to preach out of my iPad because that just feels weird. Um, but this is the first time I've ever used this Bible. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a unique feeling, I'll say for sure. Second epistle of Peter. The first epistle of Peter, if we remember, is, is one where he, um, he writes to encourage the brethren that are scattered abroad. And he lists all those different regions and then he comes back with his second epistle here that has, um, while still encouraging, it's, it's more direction, I think, that's given. And, and speaking of the dangers of false teaching and, and things like that, and, and kind of encouraging or, um, I've got to find another word for encouraging, but trying to stimulate them to, to growth in their, in their spiritual walk. And so we'll start just right with verse 1. To Simon Peter a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have, tamed, have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye may be that ye may excuse me but that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind can, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. 
For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll stop with verse 11 for now. So some of us were here Friday evening um, talking about uh, spiritual leadership and, and, and in some cases talking about our teaching styles and, and developing some thoughts on that. Um, and we had a conversation about preparation and we had a conversation about, you know, how much is too much preparation and so, brothers, this is kind of funny. I, I got to church this morning and looked at the schedule and realized I was on to preach this morning. Hadn't thought about that. Somehow I got the schedule goofy in my head. Even Ethan pointed out to me this morning, yeah, of course you were scheduled to preach. And so I, after having a bit of heart palpitations, um, I simply opened the, the Bible in there and, and opened to Second Peter and immediately the Lord reminded me of an experience we were making at our house this week uh, with the kids relative to some of their school teaching and, and learning. And he calmed my, calmed my nerves just because, you know, I, 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 I like to be more prepared. And this, Uncle Johnny always says, uh, don't ever get up and say that you're not prepared and don't know what you're supposed to say. So I, I believe me, the Lord's given me inspiration and I... He'll add the increase. So this is not a, hey, I don't know what I'm going to say. Here it goes. But I made the comment that I don't, like, I don't like to build a thought off of a story. I don't like to build a message off of a story. But this, it happened this week. The kids were complaining about uh, math class and how much they hate math right now or how much they hate school just in general and the way that they have to learn. And Ethan made a comment, I'm not going to make, this, this isn't a bad thing, Ethan. He made a comment how he, was, he had texted mommy during the day to ask for prayers because school was like super hard this week. And when we got home that night, we said, well, what was, what was it that was so hard? He said, well, I was doing iReady and I just don't know how to do algebra. Or He said it more eloquently than that, but he's like, I just don't know how to do algebra. And I'm like algebra. I said, you're in fifth grade. Why are you doing algebra? Well, because like a couple weeks ago, it was multiplying fractions or something like that. I'm like, how did you get to algebra? Well, I was doing iReady, which is their math curriculum on the computer. And how many class, what, what is the thing she says? Five, five passes or two? What, what? Okay, they have to do 50 minutes a week, and they have to pass two lessons every week. 50 minutes, and he like starts reciting this off. 50 minutes, two passes. 50 minutes, two passes. I'm like, what? It sounds like an offensive scheme for an NCAA team. I'm like, I don't get what they're doing. Regardless of what you're, where you are in the curriculum, you got to do 50 minutes, and you have to pass two lessons. Well, if you're diligent like Ethan, you do 50 minutes and you pass two lessons. And next thing you know, next thing you know you're doing, I don't know, that feels like 7th and 8th grade math to me if you're doing algebra, not 5th grade math. But because the computer said, you got to get there, he did what he was supposed to do, then he got to a spot where he had no, the teacher's not teaching this lesson, but he's doing the online lesson and getting to that point. 
she's not in here so I can talk about her. Ellie is using the same program. She's not doing algebra, and we'll just leave it at that. She's reading at an incredibly good level, but not quite doing the math at the same level. You know, each has their own skill set and strength set. And what struck me was, you know, immediately I become the dad going, here's, and nobody does homework anymore. That's the other piece. We ask, how are you doing in school? And, well, I'm doing well. And then they tell us what the scores on some of their tests are. And I go, that doesn't jive with well. I mean, you can upsell all you want, but numbers are numbers. Report cards come back and they just, everything's a three. Meets the, the level that they need to meet for their age group. And I'm like, I need some concrete stuff here. Like, I'm, I'm not a technical person, but like, I know whether my projects are making money or losing money because numbers are numbers. I knew when I was doing well or doing poorly in school because the numbers said so. And we don't get that now. Whether it's, and this is not political, sociological, or whatever, but because of the three years ago, everything shut down, and we had to go manipulate our lives to, to do things differently, we now do them differently, and we're seeing the consequences. In some cases, the consequences are amazing that fifth graders are doing algebra. We don't know why, but they are. But there's other consequences to that. And what struck me is I, I looked at this this morning, as I, I opened this passage, and was reading about growth in our spiritual walk. And, and Peter encouraging, or what is the word that I'm looking for that I cannot find? He's not admonishing them, exhorting them, thank you, exhorting them to growth in their spiritual walk, to build on their feet. He says in verse 5, and we'll, we'll talk more about the rest of the verses, but he says in verse, verse 5, yeah, Beside this, beside just having your faith, and we'll talk about the first part in a sec, you need to build on that with these other attributes. You start with one, but you have to build on it. You can't, you're not just going to skip ahead. And, and that was kind of the encouragement from the Lord that, yes, this is a passage we should, we should look at today. So to, to dial back a little bit, I guess we'll start right with verse 1 again. Simon Peter, a servant an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We talked about this Friday night, this phrase that we use so commonly, this like precious faith. This, this is, I'm not going to cast dispersion on this, but talking about it as an insular thing, this precious faith that we have individually and collectively as a body together. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you, through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, and of Jesus Christ. According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I don't know if I've ever I've really truly appreciated the power of that verse. That Jesus Christ has given unto us his divine power, and through that, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. There's no, we have no excuse or no reason for excuse that we're unable to live a godly life here below if we're relying on Christ. If we're relying on the Spirit's power in our lives, we don't have the excuse to say, well, I can't do that. That's beyond me. That's beyond the gift that God has given me. He, he has 
by his redemptive work in our lives, has given us the Holy Spirit and all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Qualifier is through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having, ex- having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's a beautiful flowery phrase. It's, it's, it's written so eloquently. But if you dial into what we're saying here, is that by the gifts that we've been given in the Spirit and the redemptive work in our lives, we have the power to escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. The corruption is there. We're going to see it. We're going to experience influence from it. But we can escape the power from it, the power of it over us, through the work that he has done on the cross and empowerment in our lives. And if you first read that, it's kind of... It seems like a given. You, you wonder why Peter had to say this. You wonder why he, where he was coming from, why, why he had to establish that. But he says, beside the gift that you've been given, beside the power that you've been given, not minimizing it or, or relegating it to second place or anything like that, beside, besides the initial gift that's been given, there's something else that's necessary. Beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Why why these specific things? Bear with me for a second. I wanted to read these in the Amplified. Starting from verse 5 in the Amplified. For this very reason, adding, to, adding your diligence to the divine... D- boy. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence. In exercising knowledge, develop self-control. And in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance. And in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For if these, and I'll switch back to our, our main text. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye neither shall be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I have a question. These, if you read that in the Amplified, it, it reads like a lesson plan. Add to faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge kind of, you know, following along. And when I first read that, and I, I told you the example, I, I'm thinking about the kids going through this canned um, computer program for math that says, well, first you're going to learn this, then you're going to learn that, then you're going to learn that, and you're going to move on. And I had to think, you know, do, do we learn those attributes in our Christian life that way? Do they, do they have to be built upon each other? And I don't have a, a hard, fast answer for you. I don't know if, that is, um, if that's truly the way that it, that it works. I, I would say I read, these, I read these attributes and I think of individual people. Um, 
Some have knowledge in abundance much quicker than I would. Um, some have patience that goes way beyond my patience. And so I, 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 would, I would propose that even in some cases, by the virtues of the gifts that God has given us, even in our individual character, the adding to these different things may take different amounts of time for each one of us. I have to work on patience way more than somebody else has to work on patience. I may be able to pick up... Um, no, all of these things i got to work on more than just about anybody else. But some of you probably have to work on some of these things a lot shorter period of time than I do. But the, difference, or, but the key being that we all have to work through the progression. And the, and the description that he uses here is that it's capped off by charity. All of those things that he has us working our lives through, that we exercise and strengthen ourselves and build up our spiritual muscles, in each of those little attributes are capped off by charity. Even, even brotherly kindness is before charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, that's such a scary thing to think about. Well, how, why would somebody be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ? How is it that we wouldn't... How, how, would, how is it that a, a believer would be barren? Well, then I had to think, he even explains it further, he says, or unfruitful. If there's not fruit in our lives, if we're not seeing the fruit of our walk and our relationship with the Lord exercised and, and, and yielded in our lives, we're barren. I don't like that phrase, I don't like that description, that, that's not a comfortable thing to think of. But, but if we're not yielding fruit, if our lives are not yielding fruit, that's, that's what's happened. And so all we need to do is to look back at the description, look back at the exercises. If I'm not able to do if I'm not able to do the math that's in front of me right now, it's likely because I missed one of the lessons back behind. If I'm struggling with patience, there's probably something before patience in the list that I need to be exercised in, that I need to to work on. You know, there's <laughs> The one other thought that came to mind, we were talking last night, some of us, about, um, about kids and, and you kind of looking at your child and, and, and wondering what their path for their future is. And think of employment. Like, who's, who's going to be in a trade school and who's going to college? And in our Sunday school, there are some going to college and there are some going to trade school was part of the conversation that came up last night. We joke about, and I, I, th I, I mean those things on equally successful paths. I'm not denigrating trade schools. But I'll use Max as the example. I watch Max build Legos and put things together and take things apart. That's just, that's a head that wants to use his hands. Lukey, the same way. We were talking about Lukey last night that he can't help. I think, Abby, I hope I don't mind saying this. Lukey was at the library and there was, a, I think, a little reading nook or something, and there was a flashlight there that you're supposed to use. Am I, it was a flashlight, right? And you're supposed to use the flashlight to read the book. Well, Lukey started to take apart the flashlight because he wanted to know what was inside the flashlight and how does the flashlight work. That's, we each have skill sets. We each have predisposed um, 
talents, traits, characteristics that will help us to excel in all kinds of different areas. But we have to learn the other characteristics. We have to learn the other aspects of our walk that will make us fruitful, that will make us useful hands in the Father, useful tools in the Father's hand to, to exercise our faith and to exercise our walk as, as he sees necessary. One thing I struggle with is, we, again, we talked about on, on Friday night, um, there are wow people and how people. In, in any organization, there are people that, that have the wow factor, that can come up with a big idea. And then there are the how people that have to figure out how to do the wow thing. And so, you know, I was laying in bed that night, and I'm thinking, well, what am, what am I? Like, what is my character? Am I the wow or the how? And I don't know. I think in every situation, it's different. I think for each of us, we have skills in, in each spot. But as I was thinking about this, this scenario, or this, um, the, the lesson that, that Peter was giving them back then that we can apply today, is we have to learn these characteristics so that we would be fruitful, so that we would not be barren. I mean, it's, it's a pretty scary example that he gives them. You know, if you um, make your calling your election, sure, if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we want. That's what we press toward. That is the goal that we press toward that mark. One analogy that I, I saw was we want to be the ship that sails proudly and powerfully into the harbor at the end of our, at our, end of our trip. We don't want to be the boat that's got holes all in it and they're manning the pumps just trying to slide across the finish line and not sink before we get to heaven. But to do that, to be those that are fruitful, not barren, but fruitful, the exercise of our faith looks, it looks different in, for all of us, I think. Each of our walks is just a little bit different. You know, I, I, one thought that I, I've had a lot recently is that even the way that this passage is described, and if you think about how most of the gospel, excuse me, most of the epistles are written, even Pete Paul did the same thing. The epistles are written to give us direction, encouragement, admonition, a guidebook for our spiritual walk, for the spiritual walk of a, of a church as well. But they, because Christianity was so new, there was, it was a manual, it was a, a handbook on this is what it should look like. This is how your personal walk should work. And so we spend, so, uh, we spend a lot of time in preservation mode. We spend a lot of time in the mode of, I want to make sure that all of these things are, are, are working correctly because I have to preserve the faith once delivered to the saints. This like precious faith, as Peter even says it in the first verse. I have to be in preservation mode, but be, doing that makes me insular. It makes me looking back at myself going, am I doing everything right? But if I look at it in a different lens, what Peter was describing to them were all of these things that, yes, on the surface look insular to make sure that my walk looks right so that I would be fruitful and useful in the Master's hand. And so then I was led to this thought, you know, what? This wow versus how. You know, I want to be fruitful. I, I, want, to, I want to do the Lord's work in this world. And I wonder what that is. I, sometimes I wonder what is... 
What is the ministry that, that I'm supposed to be doing? What is the, the outreach thing that I'm supposed to be doing? And so I, I just had a, I had a thought. I'm like, I'm going to go look. And I knew the answer to this with one exception. And the one exception made me laugh. How did, how did the Gospels end? Each of the Gospels ended with Jesus making a statement. His disciples re- recording a statement. The end of Matthew is where he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's, how he, that's what's recorded at the end of Matthew. And end of Mark says, go and preach to every creature. And I didn't rec- write everything else. But it, it's again, it's go out and, and preach the gospel to the world around you. And I, I know that. And so I, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, but the, it's the, the How? You know, I know that there's a wow effect that I want to have, but it's the how that I, I struggle with. In Luke, it says, go and preach repentance to every corner of the earth or something like that. But it's the topic of preaching repentance. You all are going to laugh. You all know me pretty well. Do you know what the last recorded conversation in John is with um, Jesus? The Gospel of John ends with Jesus talking to Peter. Do you remember what he told Peter to do? Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. I had to chuckle that the one that really spoke to me was feeding. Because, I mean, I, I like the food part of that. But that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about ministering to the needs of those around him. To being connected. To, to, it's the same calling in every single one of those things. Going out and preaching. Preaching repentance. Baptizing. But the way that he said it to Peter was to feed his sheep, feed my lambs. And so I have, to, I have to remind myself that there's two aspects to our, well, there's probably way more than two. The two aspects of my walk that I need to focus on is one, I need to be exercised in growing, progressively growing in my relationship with the Lord so that each of these attributes are grown to a, grown to a measure that I understand them, that I can use them, and I can apply them. And then I can build on them to add to the next one. I can't get to brotherly love and charity until I have some patience, some temperance, and some virtue. And there's something else I'm missing in the middle of that. And so if I take that growth for myself, if I take that growth for us as a congregation, we take that growth for us as a church and Christianity as a whole, I then have to translate that into the fruitfulness part. What is, what is the fruit that needs to come of that? For some, it's going to be going out and preaching on a street corner. That may not be my calling. I will confess, I don't think that's my calling. But I got no reason to have any kind of pushback on the Lord when he says, feed my sheep. And maybe that's the wow. The then the next question is, how? What, what does that look like? And maybe that looks a little different than what I've expected it to look like in the past. Maybe that interaction with the neighborhood is a little bit different than I would be comfortable with in years past. But what this really encouraged me to is by learning, by growing, by having ourselves exercised, it may not be 50 minutes and two tests a week, but God's going to say to us, like, I'm expecting growth out of you. I'm expecting you to learn some things that you don't know how to do yet. 
I will teach you when the lesson comes up. I'm not going to be like Ethan's teacher expecting him to do algebra when he doesn't know the backstory. God's not going to take us anywhere he hasn't taught us how to get. He's not going to take us anywhere he hasn't taught us how to go. And so I pray that I, first, can be comfortable enough to rely upon him as he gives us those lessons. And then obedient enough to jump out and bear the fruit, to show the fruit. Whether it's feed, preach, whatever. We can pick which one is our favorite. But be obedient when he tells us where to go. May the Lord bless these words.